Welcome to the Abbot Loop Community Church Podcast. Enjoy this message from Josh Tanner. Get fired up, ready to use your gift. We're not trying to say you're a tool. Okay, just get that out of the way right away. You're not a tool. But God gave you gifts. He gave you gifts. He wants you to use them. And they're like tools. Right? They're like, I don't know. Teach me about it. That's what I'm going to do. So we're going to talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We just got done finishing a a couple series, but one of the the ending part of 2016 was a series called Love Is. And it was really centered in this chapter in the Bible called the Love Chapter. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And it's all about without love, you know, life is meaningless. And what love really is, what does love motivate, what does it empower? Well, it's sandwiched between these other two really great chapters of the Bible, 1 Corinthians 12 and 14, that are all about the gifts, the gifts of the Holy Spirit and how those gifts are used, how they, how they empower the building of God's kingdom. And then the, the centerpiece of those, these, really all three of these chapters is that they're, they're built out of love. And that's why we started with that uh, love chapter. And now we really want to, to talk about and equip and teach and our desire is that each one of us is inspired to use the gifts God gave us, the gifts the Holy Spirit gave us. Amen? So we don't want this just to be another head knowledge thing. We want this to be an activation. We're expecting our church to get activated in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and you could come from all kinds of different spaces or theologies or churches, and uh, they believe lots of different things about how the Holy Spirit operates or if he does at all. And so you came to a church that believes in the full empowerment of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And the reason is, is because we see it in the Bible. We see it in the Bible. And then we saw, even in the book of Acts, all the ways that the apostles were used. And then we see evidence in our own life of the same Spirit at work among us, in and through us, even today. It's awesome. You were made to, to be a gift to the body. And in fact, you were made for the greatest gift of all, the Holy Spirit. You were made for it. You were fashioned for it to receive this gift. And Jesus was so serious about it with his uh, disciples. He said, listen, before you do anything else, you need to get the gift that I purchased. And I'm going to go, it's better I go, so that the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, can come and fill you up because you need him. The work that I have for you to do is way too big for you to do alone. You need the power the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. You literally need to be empowered. Anybody want to be empowered today? All right, so we're going to talk about getting empowered. So we're going to read, and I'm going to, I'm going to, we're going to chew off this whole chapter because we need to. Sometimes we need to eat, right? So we're going to eat some word. It sounds weird, but we're going to do it. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. We're reading the whole chapter, so saddle up, buckle in, Velcro on, whatever you do. <clears throat> Now about spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be ignorant, right? Apparently you can be ignorant about gifts. That's all right. If we are, Apostle Paul says, I don't want you to be ignorant. Your pastor says, I don't want you to be ignorant either. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray by mute idols. Therefore I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus, be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still, to another, interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of the one and same Spirit. And he gives them to each one just as he determines. The body is a unit, though it's made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. For 
we were all baptized by one spirit into one body. Whether Jews, Greeks, slave, or free, we were all given the one spirit to drink. Yummy. Now, the body is not made of one part, but of many. The foot, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, like Mike Wazowski, where would its sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would its sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. Thank God, right? He arranged them all, or we'd look weird. Oh, if I was in charge of arranging human body, it'd be so fun. But you would look really weird. You should have seen my Mr. Potato Heads growing up. Totally weird. If they were all one part, they, what, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the hand cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker and indispensable and the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need to be special treatment. Need no special treatment. Our presentable parts, you know what I'm saying. They don't need any special treatment. I got it. But God has combined the members of the body and has given greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so there should be no divisions in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And in the church, God has appointed first of all apostles, second prophets, teachers, then workers of miracles, also those, those having gifts of healing, those able to help others, those with gifts of administration, thank God, and those that speak in different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all have the gifts of healing, do all speak in tongues, do all interpret, but eagerly desire the greater gifts. And now I'll show you the most excellent way. Oh, it's a good Bill and Ted's reference right there. The most excellent way, which is love, right? Love is the most excellent way that we're all called to be motivated and to use. But he says, look, I want you to go after the gifts. The gifts are super important. And then in the, in the chapter 13, he talks all about that love is the primary motive. That if you don't do these gifts without love, it, it's going to be a disaster. So in chapter 14, in the first verse, it says, pursue love, eagerly pursue love. And don't forget, keep going after the gifts. So it's this beautiful tension or partnership between the love of God, which motivates us in compassion to change the world around us, to affect the world around us, to be effective, to build. It motivates us. And these dynamic gifts that God has given us and trusted to us and is empowering us to actually execute the building. So we have the right motive, and we have the right tools to do the job. Each one of us has to accept this, though, don't we? We've got to accept that we've been given gifts, and we're called and destined to use those. So I'm going to give you some takeaways, just really quick. And if you want to write these down, good luck. It's probably not the right time to write this down, but because <laughs> of the way I organize it. I just want to rip through them really fast. And you can get it again. But if you can write this fast, God bless you. You're a miracle. Um, but I just want to, like, do some highlight recovery or, or you know, synopsis of, of some of the key points, some takeaways of this passage. So um, this is just kind of doctrine stuff. But I, I want us to anchor here just for a second before we do this whole series. We're going to talk for a few weeks on the gifts of the Spirit. So in this passage, we learn that God gives gifts to his people. And they're for his glory. This is a big deal. The Holy Spirit is the empowering force of these gifts. There's many gifts, but one empowering spirit. This is crucial because in pagan theology, 
they, which the polytheism that was running rampant in the time that he wrote this book to Corinth was very centered out of the Greco-Roman culture. And they were many different gods that all had an individual purpose. They all had a specific function that they would do. There was the god of war, right? The god of love. The, the, the Zeus, you know, the god of all power, lightning, or whatever the heck he did. Right? You know, and so all these different gods have had all these different functions. But he's saying, look, there's a big difference here. Those false gods, those mute idols, those are nothing. Our God, one God, many different functions. Big distinction. So we're not going after all kinds of different places and mysticism and psychics and all this kind of other stuff to get the things we need. Amen? We have one Holy Spirit who delivers all these very distinct and different gifts. The Holy Spirit distributes the gifts to whoever he wants when whatever measure. That's good. We all have gifts. You have a gift. Say, I have a gift. Look at somebody and say, you have a gift. All right. Hopefully your breath is okay. That might be offensive. <laughs> the gifts are to be used to build up the body. Right? You are not every part, but you are a part of the body. This is good. All gifts are important even though they're distinct. God has combined the members of the body for a purpose, common good. God requires there be no divisions in his body. Each part of the body should have equal concern for the other parts. And we're all inspired to eagerly desire and go after these gifts. Woo. Each one of us. This is not the guy or the gal next to you, your wife or your husband's job to go after the gifts. You're like, oh, the pastor's going to do it. It's cool, I'll go there. He'll do the gifts. No, you're called to be a gift, to use your gift and build something. So what we want to do through this series, this empowered series, is we want you to think about the gifts of the Spirit like power tools. Hence why I have some of my power tools here with me. So I have different power tools. Huh? The router, specifically the trim router, Bosch, very nice product. <laughs> the orbital sander, it jiggles while it spins. And it also holds some of the, this is the vacuums, the dust. This is like for if you really want to cause a lot of damage, the belt sander. All right? Woo! Okay. I don't like that tool very much. But this is the jigsaw which many of you know and use for jigging, <laughs> right? If you ever want to jig, you get one of those. The, uh, you know, circular saw. Killer, it's round. <laughs> it's not really a skill saw. Everybody calls this a skill saw. That's the brand. It's circular saw, so it cuts, right? And this tool, you can tell, is so brand new and nice and has never been used Thank God, because it's a grinder. Hate this tool. That's why it's never been used. Okay. <clears throat> the, but we want we're just gonna break down. We're gonna be using tools to think about gifts during this series, all right? So, but the, before we jump into that, you've got to understand you have a gift. Jesus went and purchased a gift for you, and he said, It's better that I go so that your gift can come and you can use that gift. Right? And it's like a gift card. Any guys ever get a gift card from Home Depot? or from Lowe's, or any other kind of, you know, uh, store. You know, these gift cards, you get when you're all excited. You're like, oh, man, somebody got me a gift, and I can get what I want. I get to go get what I want. It's going to be fun. But you know what the funny thing is about gift cards? Man, these retailers, they want to sell you gift cards all day long. Do you know why? Because there's a giant percentage of these gift cards that get stuck in your wallet, and you just sit on them. And that's what you do with your gift card, is you sit on it. You sit on the gift someone got you for Christmas. Jesus came to the earth as a baby, and someone celebrated that, and they gave you a gift, and you sat on it. Uh-oh. <laughs> How many of y'all got a gift card for Christmas? I got a couple. Burn them up. Use them. Go get them, man. Get out there and go use them. Use those suckers. Don't sit on them. Don't let those retailers win. But just like this gift card, Jesus went and purchased a gift for you, the Holy Spirit. 
He purchased it for you. And he said, all you got to do is choose me. And bam, here he is. I'm giving him to you. His disciples, he said, it's so big of a deal. Just wait. The purpose I have for you is so huge. You are not going to be able to do this on your own. You need the gift. And I want you to go after him. I want you to go receive him and then go do these exploits, these ridiculous things. I'm going to blow your mind what I'm going to do through the Holy Spirit through your life. But you've been given a gift card, a gift. And you've got to go to the tool bin and spend it. You need to go get it. You need to go check it out. And you need to bring it home. And you don't want to leave it in your shelf like I do my grinder. So it's all nice and pretty. Oh, look at that pretty gift. Because there's two different things. We leave the gift card in our pocket and we sit on it. Or we take the gift and we go, oh, I got filled with the Holy Spirit. And oh my gosh, I got this cool gift and I... Looked at it, and I was like, ooh, I'm going to use this grinder. Ugh, it's going to be awesome someday. I'm going to use that sucker. But I don't want to dirty it up. I don't want, you know, I mean, I might have to change the grinding wheel. I might get tired using it. Oh, God forbid we get tired building the kingdom of God. God forbid we use our energy to build eternal things. Right? And God did not give us a gift of the Holy Spirit to, one, leave him in our pocket or not receive him or put him on the shelf. He gave us a gift of the Holy Spirit to go to work. Why do we sometimes put him on the shelf? Why do we sometimes not receive him? One big reason, bad theology. Bad teaching. Really bad teaching. I mean, and I'm not trying to go after anybody else. But I'm saying to teach that the Holy Spirit is not active and alive today to disempower the body of Christ, this is a big problem. I mean, this is a big problem. When Jesus went and purchased the Holy Ghost, he said, look, I'm going to make access. I'm tearing the veil. I died. I bled for this. I'm tearing the veil so you can have access all day, every day, to the power of God living inside you. To teach that that is not for us. This is, this is, this is dangerous theology, in my opinion. God tore the veil for you. Hebrews says that you can go boldly into his throne and receive, grab hold of, get filled up with the Holy Spirit. Get the gift he gave you. Sometimes it's bad theology. Sometimes it's fear. We're just afraid. I'm afraid of what might happen. I'm afraid that if I go out there and use my gift, I might just tank. I'm afraid that God might, I have doubt sometimes that God's going to back me up. Right? What if I fail? What, what if I mess it all up? Listen, I just want you to know, you can't mess it up. God is so big. Your biggest disaster, he can fix. He's been doing it for centuries. Look at the dark ages, for crying out loud. They, I mean, to talk about using their gifts, if they were, who knows, without love, chapter 12 without chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians, if that was ever a time, they were burning people at the stake because they didn't agree with each other. It's ridiculous. That is not the love of God. That is not using the gifts empowered by the love of God for the right purpose. So sometimes, I mean, look at all the screw-ups they did. Somehow God straightened all that out. That was bad. We don't want to go there. God wants you to use your gift well and wise. The same time, he wants you to use it. And sometimes you're going to make mistakes. But if you keep your motives straight, you're going to make not as many bad mistakes. Sometimes we ask the question, okay, how could God use me? Or why would God use me? There's a big group of fishermen that were strolling around, along the banks asking the same question as they were following Jesus around. They're like, why in the world did you pick God's jokers? What? They said they were unlearned men for the most part. They're not the influencers of the world. He says, I picked the foolish things that confound the wise. Wait till you see what happens. It's going to be awesome. He wants to use all of us. He wants to use each and every one of us, no matter where you come from. And, and there's no toxic shame that can keep the presence of God from being effective in your life. You can overcome all of the way you and I minimize ourselves and think about ourselves because he thinks you're amazing. He made you specifically for the purpose that he has and how he wants to use you to build. And love in Corinthians, how it says some parts are more 
private, and some parts are more like, like you know, out there, and other ones have, you know, honorable, and, and the other ones, like, you, you got to, like, you know, you, you use modesty with them. Everybody has different gifts, and when we compare our gifts, we get upside down. We start thinking, God, why would you use me? Listen, he needs all the different parts being used so that his body can really function to its fullest. And you have a gift, and he wants to use you. You and I, we have to have courage. It's just it's the bottom line, is, is that if we're going to use the gifts, if we're going to be effective for the Lord, we have to have courage to step out and to fail and to fall forward because you can never fail if you keep learning. Do you know that? If you learn from your mess-ups or your mistakes or whatever goes wrong, you just keep learning, and then you're always winning. You're always growing, and the kingdom is always advancing. And if you're always repenting and having humility, that's part of learning and falling forward. So, man, hey, you know, I prophesied over you, and it was terrible. I'm really sorry. I missed it. I'm just trying to love you. I'm trying to help you, but I'm just not very good at it. Well, awesome. Try again, you know I mean? Keep going. Like, that humility, that love, that, that willingness to have courage to just go out and do it. Because courageous people change the world. Faith takes courage. You've got to stir up your faith. You've got to stir up your courage. And guess what? The Holy Spirit himself will embolden you. So awesome. He's like, I know you're terrified. And that's why I'm going to fill you with boldness. Just do it. He gives you all that you need. This is the thing. You've been given this gift. We've got to pull it out of our pocket and use it. The Apostle Paul was equally as passionate about this in Romans 12. He says, so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind you will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Truly the way to worship God is to let your life, your body, be a living and holy sacrifice. Dying to yourself, giving it to him all the time as to, to do whatever he wants with it. That's acceptable. If there's an acceptable way to worship God, guess what? There's an unacceptable way. The unacceptable way to worship God is to not offer your body as a living sacrifice. God's called us. To give up our life the same way Jesus did all of it for his glory to build his kingdom. Each gift, each tool, each person has a specific mark in eternity you're called to make. Are you going to make it? Are you going to do it? Are you going to trade your life, exchange your life for some kind of measure, some kind of mark in eternity? Well, Holy Spirit wants to do that through you. He wants to help you. This is, this is his sole purpose through your life, is to bring you into relationship with him and to work with you, building the kingdom of God. It's phenomenal. So when we look at these tools, I just want to dive in here, and we look at each tool. There's some things that these tools have in common, and then they're very distinct, right? But one of the things they have in common is, what do you think? Power cords, that's right, they're plugged in. I heard a builder out there say that. I've seen the house that girl built. Pretty awesome. They're plugged in. See, they have plugs on the end of them. All of them do. That's not the plug I want, though. I want this plug. Okay, so this plug, this circular saw, this is a pretty hardy tool, right? This plug, this plug is really good because it has three plugs. Yeah, Father, Son, Holy Spirit plug right here. The Trinitarian power going on with this bad boy. I'm not sure which one. I, I know this one's the ground. I'm not sure which part of the Trinity is the grounding force, but Holy Spirit's probably the power, the positive, okay? The hot. This power, power, that's it. I'm not going any farther with that one. There's probably a breakdown, okay? They, they all have a plug. And they, this doesn't work when you plug it into a potato. Right? It works when you plug it into a power source to the wall. Right? You plug this thing into an electrical outlet, and all of a sudden, this thing starts working like a charm. It starts actually going. You, listen, we, we can try to plug our, 
lives, our gifts. So we all have gifts, right? And so the, the, the analogy here is, is that we go on and we're like, okay, well, I have a gift. The gift is a power gift. And if I try to use the gift like this and I just roll it onto something, that doesn't do much. In the Holy Spirit, in the kingdom, these are not tools you can use on your own. They're tools that have to be plugged into a source. That source is the Holy Spirit. He is the filling, empowering source. He is the one. Now look here, Romans eleven thirty six. For everything comes from him and exists by his power. Not your empowered tool. His empowered tool. So who makes the tool? God. Who empowers the tool? God empowers the tool. So when you're trying to use your tool by yourself, then you're the tool. <laughs> Don't be a tool. Plug it in, all right? And it starts to work. You know, how many people go like, oh, my tool doesn't work. Did you plug it in? Plug it in. All right? We got to go to the source. We need to be filled with the source. We need to continue to go there and get filled. And then, man, all of a sudden, those things rev up. And they're doing supernatural things you could never do on your own. You can't raise people from the dead on your own. You can't make a limb grow out. You can't do a healing on your own. You can't prophesy to someone by yourself. You can't have a word of wisdom or knowledge over someone and know what the heck's going on or speak a word of wisdom in their life that will just change the course of their, their world and help get them on track. You can't do that stuff by yourself. But through the power of the Holy Spirit, when it's plugged in, man, all of a sudden, that gift that you have, that tool you have, becomes a dynamic, life-changing, spirit-altering tool, right? So every tool has a purpose, too. They're distinct, aren't they? So each one of these tools does something very different from the other one. 11.36 says this, for everything comes from him and exists by his power and is intended for his glory. Wow. So your tool has a purpose. Your gift that God gives you has a purpose. And you think about, wow, I'm, I'm sanding for Jesus. Or I'm, I'm routering, you know, the edges of people's life for the Lord. I don't know. Smoothing them out. Some people need more aggressive type. When we had six kids, this is what I felt like the Lord was doing to me. <laughs> Grinding me down to a nub. It's awesome. It's the best thing I ever best thing I ever did. I apparently needed lots of grinding. But I mean, I, I'm using this thing. I'm like, I'm prophesying over you. I'm, but I'm doing it with a purpose. It's to bring glory to God. Not to myself. Not to keep my tool all nice and shiny like this one. Like, oh, look at my beautiful tool. Isn't it amazing? Or I just like hang my tool on my tool belt as a badge of honor. I'm like, yeah, I'm the drill guy. <laughs> See that thing? But then I never use it. Or I'm using it for me rather than to bring glory to God. Come on, this tool is not for me, so I look cool, and I feel powerful. Oh, I feel so powerful because I can do this thing for the Lord. No, God wants you to use this tool for a purpose. It's to bring glory to his name. It's to bring glory to his name. Are you bringing glory to his name with your gift? Now, 1 Corinthians 7, uh, chapter 1, verse, or 12, verse 7, sorry. Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. There's other passages to talk about to build up the body. The purpose is for the common good. So when you're giving glory to God, you're doing it for the common good, not for your benefit. Yikes. It's a good challenge, isn't it, that our focus is not on us. It's not about us. It's always about God's kingdom, God's body, God building up what he wants, glorifying him. Now we're going to break down three main categories which is common to be done in how the gifts are taught as we go on for the next few weeks. We're going to talk about three main categories and, and they're, they're found here in Corinthians 12. Is There is the knowledge gifts and you heard them. They said there were 
words of wisdom, words of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. We're going to break those down. We're going to teach on those. The speaking gifts, prophecy, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. That'll be fun. Power gifts, the gift of faith, gift of healing, and gift of miracles. Does that sound exciting, anybody? Anybody want to grow and learn about these and be activated and say, okay, God, what kind of gift do you want to use for me? There's all kinds of extensions of different things like leadership, administration, gifts of helps. I mean, it goes on and on. There's so many things, really endless things, tools that God, the Holy Spirit, can do, wants to do, will empower in and through your life. We're going to hit kind of nine, all right? But these are sort of nine core ones. You can do almost limitless things, probably limitless things, with the power of the Holy Spirit. It's really about what he wants to do and how he wants to do it. That's the only limitation is God himself. How incredible is that? I mean, that's pretty much no limits going on there. It's really just about his will, his desire to move in through your life. But it also is connected to your faith, to the measure of grace and to the measure of faith that you have is what you're going to see. If you don't believe he can do it and you don't activate your faith and go for it, you're just, your tool's going to be on the shelf or in your pocket. And that's a big bummer. That's just a big stinking bummer. Man, I want to be in the game. You've got to get your tool off the bench. Right? Get it out of the toolbox. Get it in the game. They're crossing metaphors now. I'm going to be careful. <clears throat> you also need to learn what your tool, your gift, is made to do. So you have to learn about your tool. So 1 Corinthians 12.1 says, Now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I don't want you to be ignorant. Whoa. So I can actually have a, a lack of understanding about my gift, about the tools that God wants me to use. I, I cannot understand what these things are made to do or even how they work. See, as you start to learn more about like what a circular saw is made to do. You can think about all the applications. Now, when you go into a store, okay, when you go into, you know, Home Depot or whatever, you have your gift card. <coughs> Some people might just go in and they're like, man, I'm going in. I'm just going to buy this shiny new drill because I want a drill because drills are manly. They look awesome. And I am a real man because I have a drill or a real woman because I'm a hardy Alaskan woman. I'm a builder woman because I can build too, right? Whatever your reason is. But you're going because you want to have a drill so you can put it on yourself. And when people show up, they go like, man, that person has a drill. <laughs> so awesome. You don't buy a drill because you want a drill. You might think you do, but you don't. I used to build decks. Built a lot of decks. I think I built at least over 20 decks, all kinds of crazy stuff, trellises. I built a 1,200-square-foot deck with a hot tub and drop-downs and corner. It's, you know, like crazy, stupid stuff. When I go to the store and I can't, it's because I can't, and I need a tool, it's because I can't solve a problem on my job site. I'm like, okay, I can't build this thing. I need a hole, Right? So then I go buy a drill bit to stick in my drill. Because I don't actually just need a drill or a drill bit. I need a hole. So when I'm actually buying a drill and a drill bit, I am not buying this. I'm buying the hole. I need a hole. You with me? I need boards cut off to the right length. I need stuff that's smooth. I don't really need a sander. This takes up space. But this sander is really handy when I need smooth boards. Right? When I need to jig, I go get my jigsaw. All right? So fun. And then when I need to grind, I apparently hire someone else. <laughs> also a smart thing to do. <laughs> Okay, so listen, I want you to get this. When you understand what you're building, you go after tools differently. So when you know what you're building for the Lord, you, you don't just go, oh, man, I want to have this gift. No, you want to build the kingdom because you're building something, right? You're not just getting gifts. 
The more we connect to the Holy Spirit, the more we understand what He's doing, the more we see Him, and the better we understand about our tools, understand what they're made to do, then we're going we're gonna to get out there and actually contribute in making holes, right, for Jesus. Let's make a hole for Jesus. Woo! Yeah? Because I don't need the tool. I don't need the bit. I need a hole. You need to learn how to make a hole for Jesus. Come on. How are you going to make your hole? How are you going to make your mark for Jesus? You've got to get out there. You have to understand what he's building, and then it'll tell you, ooh, I need to go get this specific tool to do that job, whether it's to construct something, nail it together, saw it, cut it, drill it. I don't know. It's up to you, right? It's up to what the Holy Spirit wants to do in it through your life. But you have to go after it. You have to go pursue it. Yeah. The other thing you have to do is you have to practice. You've got to practice with your tool so you can get better at it. You need to learn how to do that. I don't know about you, but I grew up uh, not really being good at anything. I mean, I don't know how you grew up. Like, there's other people like Mike Rue who's just good at things somehow miraculously. I don't know what it is. Kind of annoying. Love the guy. But I was not that kid. I was 5'9 with size 14 feet. I could barely move. It's like Ronald McDonald trying to learn sports. It's a short Ronald McDonald trying to learn sports. It's very bizarre. Fun to watch. Not fun to be. Everything I've ever became, learned how to do was through hard work. Practice. Practice makes perfect or better in my world, okay? <laughs> I don't know if I've ever done anything perfect. But that preparation, that, that working, that practicing causes us to learn more about our tool, right? How many of you guys ever use a, a tool and then you're like using it and you're doing something and then you like see somebody else using the tool and you're like, hey, I didn't know it did that. And you're like, whoa. And then all of a sudden you're like, ooh, like this jigsaw, it turns on 45s. It'll cut, it'll jig at 45s. You could cut and you can like cut angles with that. You might not know that. So you learn, use it. Maybe sometimes you discover it on your own. The Holy Spirit teaches you more about it as you use it. Or you watch someone else and you're partnering with them. You see them use a the tool in a different way. It's pretty awesome. But you don't learn those things if you don't practice. You have to be okay getting out there and trying. And it, when you try, you will fail. You're going to stumble. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to have to redo. But the Holy Spirit's good enough. He's big enough to redo it all and fix it all. He wants you to learn and grow and grow in relationship with him and grow in faith with him and, and grow in this journey with him. But you have to get out there. and You've got to start using. You've got to start practicing. You've got to start using. Using your tools. Don't just start using. That's... <clears throat> messed up. Romans, yeah, it is legal now. That's why I got to draw these boundaries. All right. Romans 12, 6. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. Not average, not okay. Well. Practice is how you're going to get to well. And don't get discouraged. So many times you just want to be great at it right out of the gate. All my kids want to be great at something right out of the gate, and they always get discouraged. Oh, I want to give up. And you give them the talk. You'll never be good at anything unless you try, try, try again, right? So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If, your gift, if you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is encouraging others, be encouraging if it's giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take that responsibility seriously. And if you've given the gift of showering kindness on others, do it with sassiness and rudeness. Do it gladly. Right? Don't be sassy. Come on, don't sass your mamas. Do it gladly. Use the gift you have. Do it well. Do it with greatness, man. Practice. Go for it. Use your tool and your gift 
also with the right motive. We've got to have the right motives. And this is where we go right to chapter 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and 14. 13 says, without love, you're just a clanging symbol, a useless tool, right? So like this drill, you're a useless tool if you don't have love as your motive, okay? I think even about this, not only just love as your motive, how about the fruits of the Holy Spirit? Love, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, self-control. All these things are the things that are motivating and governing and driving this tool to be effective. So if we don't have love, we don't have the fruits of the Spirit going on with the gifts of the Spirit, they're not effective. Right? And they're like this clanging cymbal. They just, they have no, they do nothing, right? But with love, with focus, all of a sudden, they're really good. No, just kidding. Come on now. <laughs> They're now effective, aren't they? They're useful, but they're, they're working in combination by the Spirit. See, it's His gift. By His power, right? His power source. Empowering them with a purpose. That purpose is to build the kingdom. You've got to tap into love. If love is not your motive, if the fruits of the Spirit are not coming through your gift, it will be a tool of destruction. It will just be wrecking people. And it won't be building the kingdom. See, it's designed to build. Again, you know the purpose is building. Look around. When you're using your gifts, sometimes we think, oh, I'm the watchman on the wall. I, this is, scares me. The watchman on the wall stuff kind of scares me. I'm not saying we don't pray. Prayer is awesome, interceding, prayer, all that's great. Sometimes we really misconstrue what we think these things are, like I'm a watchman. Now my job is to be the watchdog in the kingdom. And make sure y'all are in line. This is usually how it goes, by the way. It can be used in a healthy way, but it can also be used in an unhealthy way. Because it's all about the spirit of love. The fruits of the spirit, are they being activated? Are they motivating what I'm doing? Amen? Amen. So let love, 1 Corinthians 14, 1. Let love be your highest goal. One of my favorite passages, whole Bible. Let love be your aim. Let love be your highest goal. Pursue it with passion. But you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. Because the Bible teaches that prophecy, and we'll go into this deeper, builds up the body of Christ. So if the whole body is strong, then everybody's gifts are strong. See how that's, that's why that's such an important gift and why we activate prophecy in our church a lot. It's because it helps encourage and inspire and bring alignment to everybody's gifts. And then when all the gifts are being inspired, all of a sudden, we're all giving and we're doing more. So we've got to go after these. Let love be your highest goal and go after these gifts like crazy. Beautiful tension between these two things, right? They're a partnership. They go together. You also, listen, you need to get charged up. You need to get filled up with the Holy Spirit. I want you to think about this. And all these tools are, they all have cords, right? Except for this one. So I brought this battery-powered one for a reason. Because all these have cords, but the cord has a limit. So when you plug it in, you reach its limit. Even if you get an extension cord, you reach its limit. This is like the temple in the Old Testament. Had a limit. It had a specific space. Jesus went and died and he purchased and he tore the veil, torn the veil between the Holy of Holies so that you could be a battery-powered tool. You can go anywhere you want. You are now plugged into the Holy Ghost anytime you want, everywhere you want to go. You can go make a hole for Jesus. We cannot minimize or second-guess or treat lightly that we get to go into the Holy of Holies anytime we want. Boldly, because of the mercy of God. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's see what this church can do. Can you imagine every gift inspired by love, no selfish motive among us, building, constructing, by the leading of the Holy Spirit, everyone, all the time, active. We're trading our life for something beyond what we can have in the natural. We're living for eternity. We're living beyond now. We're living for what, we're gonna, what our real life is, which is in heaven, in eternity with God. 
what if we just shift our focus? And we just begin to build. We just begin to share. We just begin to love. We begin to use and activate all the gifts every day. Wow, what a difference that can make. I want to just take a second to have Sarah Jokel to come and share her testimony about how the Holy Spirit's moved in her life, and especially through the Spirit Life class. We have an equipping track that we want you to be a part of. We want you in it. We want to help you do this. So we're going to be teaching about the gifts of the Spirit for the next few weeks, and we have a Spirit Life track on equipping of the Holy Spirit that launches next week. Am I right? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. You don't even have to wait a day. A whole day. You can go do it tomorrow. I guess that's technically one day. 6.30 p.m. And you can sign up in the back. We want you guys to sign up. And we'll, we'll just talk about it a little bit more. But I want you guys to hear what the Holy Spirit's done in Sarah's life and how it shifted her through this class and even just being a part of our church. Go ahead, Sarah. Take it away. Well, I feel like you just totally told the life story of my spirit life. Perfect. I don't know if anybody else feels that way, but <laughs> I came from a church that taught that the gifts of the Holy Spirit were dead. If anybody's speaking in tongues or praying or doing any of those things, you know, that was evil. And, um, <laughs> you know, I came to Abbot Loop so at a good. time where, you know, the gifts of the Holy Spirit were being used more um, visually, I guess, in the service. And for, so for my first five years at Abbot Loop, I had a really hard time coming to church here because I didn't really understand, like, um, what I thought about that. So as I, I, I kept coming and I kept asking, you know, kind of timidly, I was afraid, you know, I kept asking the Lord a little bit, you know, like, what is this? Is this okay? You know, so I felt a drawing to the, mm -hmm. to the Holy Spirit. And I, I, you know, I didn't get my prayer language. You know, you get uh, the filling of the Holy Spirit, baptism of the Holy Spirit, they talk about, so you're praying in tongues um, in your private prayer language. I didn't get that uh, hugely. Okay, I just, from another member of the body, right, she kind of poured into me and said, if you want it, all you have to do is ask for it. So I did that. I really did that, and the Lord was faithful, and he gave me that prayer language. And then I came to the class, and I've actually taken the class several times now. Um, I, the first thing that happened to me, the first time that I really felt the Holy Spirit was in this class. I just knew that one of the leaders had a word for me. We were leaving, right? This is the end of the class, and she didn't know. So I asked her, I said, I think you have something for me. And she's <laughs> like, really? Okay. That's cool. Let's just pray about it. So yeah. she started to pray over me, and she asked me, you know, hold my hands out like this. And she started praying over me, and the, the, I just felt like I got hot, right? I had my hands out, and she's praying, and I, I'm, I'm feeling hot. And from the, from the top of my head, I'm just feeling something something warm and lovely and heavy, like washing over me. It was so heavy, I couldn't even hold it. I oh, fell to awesome. my knees, right, as she's still praying over me. And the Lord really, what he did was, church speak is an anointing, right? What he did is he just poured something new into me. He's like, you're seeking after me? I'm going to give this to you. So, cool. so I walked out of that class, that particular class, um, I call it jacked up on Jesus juice, right? I was so excited, right? Oh, that's and a good so, Gen Xer right there. <laughs> I was so excited. So I, I learned through the class. What I learned was, man, that lie that I'm hearing that's making me feel so discouraged and sad, that's not, that's not God. Yeah. It's not me. That's the devil. So I learned to kind of throw out those lies. I learned that those dreams that I have that are recurring, mm. like pretty much the same theme right. here and there every time, God wants me to pay attention to that. Sure. God wants me to press into him and say, what are you saying, Lord? What are you mm -hmm. saying? What do I do with this? Those um, moments when I text a friend and say, hey, how are you doing today? I just love you. And they say, oh, my gosh, I just needed that. And I can text them back a prayer. I do a lot of texting. You know, I got a stay-at-home mom, you know, homeschooling, right? So I do a lot of texting. And, and they text me back, and they say, that is exactly what I needed right mm. now. When I'm not smart enough to think of an answer and something comes to me and it's perfect, that's wisdom from the Lord. Yeah. So these are all that's things. Right. And as I've started to kind of press into these things and learn about these things, and um, I've stepped into a new authority, yeah. That the Lord has given because, you know, the Holy Spirit, he wants to empower you. He wants to have you use these things. He wants, like, I could never have done this three years ago. So Just here, telling you guys great. about this. So great. That's yeah. so great, right? Come on. Who wants to sign up? Go get signed up. Do it. Yeah, great. Thanks, Sarah. Super awesome blessing and a gift to us, Sarah. You are awesome. 
when you go to the Spirit Life class, it's, it's a safe place to practice, a safe place to learn, a safe place to, to learn from others. And we need that. We need that place. Also, get out to our refresh nights, which is where we go hardcore after the Holy Ghost, okay? You want to get baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit, you can do that after our service, praying with someone. But you can also go to, our, to those places where there's a lot of space, and there's a lot of safety, and there's no time constraints on how long you want to just hang out. We'll stay there and, and go with you. But I want to make one point before we, before we get done here, is when we start talking about eagerly desiring, eagerly pursue these gifts. This is a, this is are strong words, right? Go after them with your passion, with your heart. But I want you to think about this too. Just leave you with this little nugget while you're thinking about going after the Lord. You're never going to be this tool. You're not the grinder. You're not prophecy. You're not the apostle. You're not the pastor. You're not the tool. You are a son and a daughter of the Most High God, loved and cherished, preserved by His blood and His precious Spirit for a purpose. And He wants to use the gifts that He gave you for a purpose. But He doesn't make you the tool. But He wants to use these tools through you. And many times, through whatever season, you're eagerly desiring and pursuing the gifts, not just one gift. One day he's using you with this, then the next day you're used with this router, and then you're drilling the hole for Jesus. Like, like Sarah's talking about, using the gift of wisdom, the knowledge, and you'll notice some of these you're really just way better at, and it's like the thing you're really made to make a contribution with. But the Holy Spirit will do whatever he wants through you. It's the most exciting journey you could ever be on is allowing God to use the gifts he gave you. Amen? Church, if you would, before we go, just turn your hands up to heaven. Okay, just a second. Just take a second. Anybody here know they need more of the Holy Spirit? Anybody here, I need more of the Holy Spirit? Yeah. Turn your hands up to heaven. Turn your hands up to Jesus. Say, Jesus, send your Holy Spirit to me. Holy Spirit, I invite you to fill me up. Fill me up right now. God, I want a fresh filling. I want filled to overflowing, God. Pour out your grace. Pour out your love. Pour out your mercy on me. Oh, use me, God. Teach me. Guide me. I want to I want to learn the gifts. Give me the gifts that you that you purchased for me. Yeah, I want to use those gifts. God, teach me. Show me. Give me courage. Give me boldness. Fill me up. Come on, say, fill me up, God. Holy Spirit, I invite you. I love you. I invite your presence. Yeah. Man. how we could ever survive without his presence. It's so amazing. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please connect with us at abbotloop.org and like us on Facebook. Services in Anchorage, Alaska are at 9 and 11 a.m. We hope to see you soon.